Welcome everyone. This is a restless Christmas greeting where we want to say Merry Christmas. It's been uh, great over the last uh, little more than a month. I guess we're at two months now getting to record some of this and put it out there and seeing some of the response. And we just wanted to say thank you for listening. And we really do hope that you are having a fantastic uh, time this Christmas. Yeah, we know a lot of your podcasts, especially if you're doing political podcasts, go on break uh, over Christmas and New Year's. The Restless Podcast is not going to do that. We are going to keep producing new content. We are um, so interested and encouraged in the kind of listeners we have, as we have seen in the last two months, each month our listenership double. And so it's, uh, it's really cool. We're really excited. And so today we just want to talk, give you a bonus piece of content we produced when we were talking about the young. Michael and I got in a great conversation about what does God want young people to do? And so we just hope you enjoy this piece of content. We hope you enjoy the conversation. We did. And hope you have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. This is the Restless Workshop. Michael, we just got done recording our episode on youth, and we had a lot to say. I hope people liked it because this is actually bonus content. Isn't that great? Bonus we already given material. away bonus content. Ding, ding, ding. You made it to the bonus section of the Restless Podcast. That's right. Because we talked a lot about, we looked back, we talked about, yeah, young leaders, young men. We talked about if I have to listen to you because you're younger than me. But what we didn't get to in the normal episode is, is a kind of a biblical view on youth. And if you like this content, Michael and I are thinking of all kinds of ideas of how that we can, we can produce more things like this for you. And so, yeah, we're just excited to hear what you think. Um, so please uh, get in contact with us on social media or by emailing us. And so we're more than happy to do more things like this, but I think it would be great if we could think through for just a couple minutes, what is a biblical understanding of youth, right? Outside of this idea of youth culture, outside of, you know, even the YRR, we can make comparisons, but what is the, what do, how do we understand youth? Yeah. So first of all, it, you know, it is important to go back, listen to the episode we just did. Uh, youth or adolescence as this idea is fairly new, right? Mm -hmm. uh, really, I think biblically you have the idea of the young, uh, the, the youth, but it's, it's pretty, uh, it's what we would probably call a child or, you know, uh, something like that. I don't know that that's actually true. Now that I'm thinking through it, uh, it's, it, there's definitely some variation in there because you do have this idea of younger men and women. Uh, but, uh, but I but, think what, I think what oh. you're getting at is that it seems traditional cultures and pre-modern cultures. And then again, just, I think reflected in the biblical languages and, and you can elaborate on this if you want, right? There are, there's, there's babies, there's children that are to be protected, but then very soon it's, you're aiming at mature, you're kind of like, there isn't this long period of I'm aiming at nothing and I'm also older, right? right. Which is adolescence. 
Yeah, you're just in this weird, weird limbo place. Yeah, so sometimes I talk about how, uh, you know, uh, Alexander Hamilton at the founding of our country, uh, he, he is, uh, you know, you probably know a bit about him because of the recent popular musical. Uh, we're not right. going to work that one into new, uh, you know, uh, five points of Calvinism lyrics, but, uh, but Alexander Hamilton became the kind of bookkeeper for an international shipping company when he was like 13 years old. Right. And he was, he was incredibly brilliant and he was a bit obscure for his day because most people in his day didn't become the bookkeeper of an international shipping company until they were 60. That's right. And so uh, sometimes I say that just to say, man, like what I don't like the, the youth culture that we have and how much we look down on kids. I think they're way more capable than we usually give on. And I'm saying this as a man who is a father of uh, only a, an almost five-year-old, right? That's the oldest child that I have. Yep. And so don't, you know, don't quote me on this. Don't, don't think that I'm an expert. Uh, you can take it or leave it. I have not proven myself in this area yet. But one of my goals with my children is that when they're 16, they're still under my house. Like they're, they're, they're still, uh, you know, societally going to be, you know, in my house and I'm, I, I still have uh, authority over them. But once they're, they turn 16, they're an adult, right? Like they mm. take care of themselves. Uh, they, you know, it will, it will look different. My goal is to have them through the kind of typical uh, education as far as they would uh, make it. Uh, in a typical school system, we homeschool. Uh, and so to get them to that point by the time they're 16, so that then we can move on to maybe more, uh, you know, get them into a tech school or have them apprentice under somebody so they learn a practical trade. Uh, but like, I want them to understand, hey, when you're 16, you're an adult now, like you're still, you know, there's still some developmental things uh, that we'll keep working through. But, but I want you to live and act as if you were now responsible because you are and you should be. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you're right, the autonomy that you naturally want at 16, right? There are, you know, there are things like that. I do think, you know, there, there is a real benefit to the, to, the, to the realities we're able to shield children from. But I think what you're describing is hopefully a parenting, both you and I will be successful at, that, that is aiming at maturity, right? right. It's not goal. aiming. There is an end. There is a telos. There is an end goal to right. what we are doing. And it is not childishness. It That's is right. Not, it is not staying in immaturity; it is moving on toward maturity. And I think even in the Bible, uh, you see a a similar thing to what you're describing. Right? We have Jesus described as growing in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man in Luke two when he's at the temple. And what's striking about that story is right. Jesus is discussing the law with you know the 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 temple rulers at that point right i i you you can correct me if i'm wrong on this i as many people know i am in seminary i have not taken a gospels class so um i don't have that seminary approved knowledge tm uh yes Jesus. yeah you need that <laughs> maybe maybe you shouldn't even talk anymore man you're right you're right <laughs> uh he's uh he's something like 12 years old so Again, like I think when we're in Sunday school, we learn he's basically five, and this is just like a supernatural miracle. But really, he's at a point where, again, maybe like Alexander Hamilton, maybe it's not normally until you're 14 you're able to 
hold a conversation with these people. But, right, and then what happens when his parents leave? Jesus has enough autonomy at that point in his life as a, as a as still a very young man that his parents don't know where he is for days, right? They say like a day's journey away. He is, he is um, responsible enough to be able to do that at, at that age. And so, right, it's, this is all just to point out this, we, we with cars, with school, with incredible wealth, the West produced, we dropped a new de- developmental stage into young people's lives. And so, you know, like, man, it's just, it's just mind-blowing to think about, like, how much... Again, it's, it's one of those things, like, why can't I see this water? Because I'm a fish. I'm swimming in it, right? Like, right. think of all the things that are, the church has done that, like, we need to think about this for teenagers. We need teenage study Bibles. We need all of these things. And again, it's, it's not that we shouldn't ignore that this is happening. Where is the Christian hot topic? Right. We need it. You're right. Um, if if you run a uh, Christian bookstore that is functions like a Christian is hot, Christian hot topic, we'd love for you to sponsor the show um, or we at least the bonus content. Um, but so so biblically, let's again. This is well, this is one of the fun things about the Bible, in my opinion. Growing our imagination, imagining a world beyond what I know. So if this adolescence is an invention, maybe some things are about it. Again, just like all cultural trends, we can find good, we can find bad. This might be more bad than good. But Michael, what, what, would, what, what things can we look to in the Bible to understand? You know, I have some youth left as we live longer. What, what is a message for... for <laughs> What is the what is the shocking youth message of today, or just the the one straight from the just some biblical wisdom? Is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah, so this is one of my favorite proverbs, especially as I think even of my own position as a young man in the ministry, uh, being discipled by uh, a man who has been in the ministry for for quite a while. Uh, you know, I'm just starting out, and I uh, happen to have a you know uh, a senior pastor who. Uh, again, is like a father to me who uh, is able to disciple me and help me. And he's more toward the end of, you know, being out of the ministry. And so we're kind of on different ends of that spectrum. And yet he's able, able to help me. The, the thing I always liken it to is uh, this proverb. This is Proverbs 20. Uh, this is uh, the proverb in Proverbs twenty twenty nine. Okay. It says this, the glory of young men is their strength but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. And gray mm. hair here is, uh, a, it's a sign of wisdom. So that's what gray hair was. It's what it meant, right? It's, you have wisdom because of your age, because of your lived experience, because of your growth and knowledge over time. You are wise and understanding in the world. You are wise and understanding the things of the faith. Uh, and uh, what are young men good for? Strength, right? Like, uh, the reason that you have so much more energy when you are young is because you're supposed to use it, right? You're supposed to uh, like work as hard as you possibly can. This is a huge problem with our culture, by the way, because we live in a leisure culture. Man, people are, we're just lazy. 
we are absolutely lazy. And especially when you're young, you are made to just work like crazy to like to to build and to uh, create and to uh, like do new things like you have so much energy and so much potential. The problem with energy, though, is that if it's not directed in the proper way, it can be incredibly destructive. Right. It, it hmm. has to be directed in a certain way. And young men are not particularly good at direction, right? Like uh, at directing yourself, at finding, hey, what is that telos, right? What is the end goal? Uh, what, what are the confines within which I should be moving? How fast can I go? You know, what, what does that look like? We're not particularly good at that because we don't have the lived experience. We don't have the, the time spent in the word over decades and decades and decades. We don't have the same wisdom of what it's like to, uh, you know, raise a family and then see them raising their own kids and interacting in that. We just don't have that, right? right. I have a, an almost five-year-old. That's as far as I've gotten. Right. But I don't have a clue what it's like to raise a teenager. I right. don't have a clue what it's like to be a pastor while raising teenagers. And, you know, like I don't have that knowledge and understanding and wisdom. But what I do have is I have energy, right? I can do so much. I can accomplish so much. So what I need is the help of, you know, a father figure, right? This is, this is what fathers are supposed to do, to help to guide and, and direct their children uh, and direct that energy into its proper telos. What I love about that proverb is that it's, it's actually, it works together so, uh, so gloriously. I'm not going to preach. I'm not John Piper. I'm not always preaching. But I love that both age and youth have a, have a glory, have a glory of its own. Yeah. Right? It is, a, it is a good thing to have energy and want to go, go. Like the chomping at the bit young man, right? The like sophomore guy in your Bible study that wants to go slam it, you know, into all their friends now. Like that, that gets obnoxious, but that's good. And the, Oh, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. You don't want to demean that or diminish it. You know, it, that, that power, that energy, it's awesome. That's strength, right? Like that's a, yeah. that's a good godly thing. And the pastor who's totally unimpressed with that is also a good thing. That's right. <laughs> but, but what's better even in this proverb is if you think about it in the context of the rest of the book of Proverbs, what are you supposed to do most of all? In, in Proverbs, in the view of Solomon, get wisdom. So great. He, he is not condemning the young men for their energy, for their passion. But guess what? You're, you, should, you should look forward to the day where your glory will be one matched with wisdom. And so I do, I do like that. And I think it is counter- I want to I want to ask you maybe to close cuz I think the the restless workshop workshop is meant to be a place where we are we're building we're we're application focused here. We're not going to be doing a ton of like <laughs> I don't know. We're not at, we're not running a, a navigator's application bible study here. But when I think about things I should have done and and I and we're not going to and I'm not going to psychologize all my regrets here. I have looked back and realized how much younger I should have started having children. And here's why. One, I was married for a number of years before. 
And you know what was pretty natural for me to do when I was just younger than I am now, and I'm still pretty young? Stay up late. I didn't need as much sleep. I woke up. And you know what? And you know what babies are really, you know what they like to do? They like to stay up late. They like to do all of those things. They love it. I think that there, there is a loss there of just, of, of, you know, and, and having kids at that age, you want to, you want direction. You want, you want like guides put on what you've got to spend your energy on. Mama's got to eat. Baby's crying. Go get a job. Go, go build enough, go build enough of something so that you can take them on a vacation one time. Go, you, so you can at least go camping, right? Um, right? Learn enough of the Bible so that like, you can tell your kid why they can't see God when they're a little bit older. Right? And so I think that, I think maybe, and this, this is the only callback I'll do to the episode on youth. Maybe one of the things, maybe one of the other things is with this challenge of doctrine, it at least gave young the youth something to do. Learn this thing. Master, master five facts about the Bible. Master the tulip. Right? But if, Michael, if whether you're speaking to guys our age, guys a little bit younger, is there any, is there any, as you've thought about this, as you, as you have, very godly men in your life giving you direction is there anything you think man we let's get a little more directed on this so what i would say is it is important to remember again that strength that ability to do to accomplish to work absurd amount of hours to not sleep as much right like that is a that is a great thing it is a gift from god it is a good thing it is to be used you do need to recognize that you probably don't know the best way to use it. Mm. This is why it's important to have fathers, not just, you know, uh, biological fathers, which if you have that and you have a good father, that's awesome. That's good. Uh, If you don't have that, you can still find fathers. Uh, This is what the household of God, the church is for, right? This is a new family. This is God's family. Uh, You find a church where you have godly older men who can provide direction for you. And not just, this is, uh, we'll get into the, the father hunger that helped to drive the restlessness of the young restless and reformed at some point. But this does not mean surrogate fathers that live online that you have no contact with. Mm. Uh, not that you can't learn from others. Uh, I, I benefit greatly from the ministries of many others uh, online who I've never met, who I probably never will meet. Some I benefit from who I've never met, but I've you know, interacted with online uh, a, a little bit here and there. But uh, you want people who know you, who can see you. They see how you live. They see the kind of strength you have. They see the kind of gifting that you have. They see uh, maybe a little bit better than you do what things God could use you for and then help direct that energy that you have. Help tell you kind of where you should use it, how you shouldn't use it, uh, how to uh, you know, uh, find that end goal that tell us that mission and i think you're right i think that one of the things that drove the yrr was simply that there was all of a sudden in a culture of nihilism 
like nothing really matters. Hey, we're just wealthy and everything's okay. And there's, you know, uh, sure, no one really cares that much about the faith, but, you know, enough that we're probably going to heaven. And like there was just kind of this, this nihilistic, uh, you know, escape into the, the false realities of the television or popular culture. And then all of a sudden there were people saying, here's the direction. Here's what we're doing. Here's the mission. Right, that's going to be uh, really stirring for young men, and so uh, it it makes sense that there would be a draw there. Uh, far better would be to find fathers that know you, that can uh, see you, that understand you, and that can direct that energy uh, in a local church. That is a that is a great place to start for a thing to work on, and I'll just I'll close this with this. As you do this, um, I have I have not done this as well as Pastor Michael has, and, and that is probably why one of us or, is ordained and the other is not yet. When you begin to listen to them, again, remember the proverb, glory of the young men is their strength, splendor of the old man is his gray hair. There, two things will happen. They will direct you, and sometimes they will be wrong. And what you do, what your job is, is to just keep listening. And why? Because submission doesn't just mean when they're right. Now, obviously, there are limits. I'm speaking like the Proverbs do. I'm speaking in generalities right now. But here's the deal. Your glory is not wisdom yet. Your glory is the ability to do what they're saying. I don't think most of us in our youth have the ability to know, as you, what you said, what to do or if they're right or wrong. So just do what they say listen. And that is how you begin to build this wisdom. That is begin how you begin to build marriages, businesses, churches, children that will give you wisdom that may be your glory later. Hey, one more thing from us. Remember, we are giving away two copies of Rob's book. As far as I know, no one has claimed the book by emailing mail at reformforum.org and letting them know they heard Rob on Restless. So do it now and see if you win. Also, enter to win right now by sharing this podcast on social media and let us know you did and we'll enter you to win the other copy. And in case you're wondering what Restless wants for Christmas, our ratings and reviews on iTunes. Help us hit 20 by the end of the year.